You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the Wednesday, November the 8th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it is Wednesday. You guys know what that means. It's all about the film review from the game on Sunday against the Oakland Raiders. I cut up about 50 GIFs from the game, posted them on Twitter, posted them on the article on LockedOnDolphins.com, and we're going to go ahead and talk about them on this show here today. Also, what exactly was the change in philosophy, both in the ground game and in the passing game, as Miami moved on from Jay Ajayi? We will get to all of that and much more, but first... I have to tell you guys about ProFootballFocus.com and how they are offering listeners of this show a chance to win a free PFF Edge subscription of $40 value by going onto Apple Podcasts and leaving a review on the podcast and leaving your Twitter handle in that review. ProFootballFocus is most known for its positional rankings, player grades, and snap counts. They address all of that for every team, every player, every game, every week. They have college profiles, stats, and NFL draft coverage for you NFL draft guys. They have fantasy rankings, tools, and charts for the fantasy crew out there. And also for the individual team pages, it does not get much better than that. The Miami Dolphins Pro Football Focus page is fantastic. Follow them at PFF underscore Miami on Twitter and check out all their good stuff they produce for you guys there. That's profootballfocus.com. Enter today for your chance to win a free PFF Edge subscription. So I had a chance to go back and watch the film from the game on Sunday as the All-22 came out on Tuesday. I recorded this on Tuesday night, but I rewatched the film earlier today at work as well as in the evening and noticed a few things I didn't pick out before. Obviously, you're always going to notice a few things on, on the film that you don't notice in the broadcast version, but the same thing stuck out from the game. It was the penalties that were the killers, the mistakes. But a couple things I noticed that were different, or at least that you can't really tell from the necessarily the broadcast angle, is the change in philosophy to the passing game and the running game. We'll get to that here in a minute, but just kind of talking about what Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams meant for this team in this game and their ability to go ahead and make plays in the passing game and really stress the linebackers of the Oakland Raiders and make them defend one-on-one coverage against guys that are just too fast for them to do that. And the Dolphins opened up the game plan by doing that. They opened up the game plan in the running game by doing that. And it, it alleviated a lot of the pressure off of some guy like Julius Thomas or some of the receivers that got open downfield. And Adam Gage really called his best game of the year in terms of showing you one play and running something off of that later in the game. And we'll get to a few examples of that here later on here. But the emergence of Kenyon Drake in this game and Damian Williams was really was really notable. I thought Damian Williams had the the most elusive running I've ever seen him have as a member of the Dolphins. Obviously, in the passing game, he caught some swing passes and did some things with that. But Kenyon Drake's ability to get in and out of those holes, his lateral agility and ability to cut on a diamond and press the hole and get in and out, and he's he's scheme diverse in that way too, and that really helps the Dolphins' running game get going. So the lack of negative runs we talked about in the last two shows were a, a simple byproduct of that, and the passing game with the running backs having those linebackers worried about not just going downhill and flowing to a certain spot. It really helped open things up. We'll talk about that more here at the end of the show. But on the offensive line, thought it was their best performance of the season as well as Jesse Davis, left guard, has his his best game of the year, I thought, and a pretty good performance. He had a few things he could probably clean up still a little bit. But for the most part, he has a good game. He, he had a variety of different types of blocks, and that's very encouraging to see for a young guy like that. He, he plays at right tackle in college, comes into the NFL, becomes a left guard for the Dolphins. So you wonder where his position natural or his natural position is in the NFL. But he did some things that made him look like a pretty natural guard to me. He's able to reach the center, going across the center. What that means is he crosses the center's face and gets on the outside shoulder of him and turns him inside to open up a running lane on the right side of the formation. He can 
pin, which is where you kind of get into the guy and, and twist him and pin him around and open up the hole to your backside. So a number of good things for him to do on that side of the football. And then in the passing, in the passing game, he, he really anchored very well in pass protection and kind of absorbed some, some of the hits and, and has a good set, has those big long arms. He's a big lengthy player. So I think you might have someone with Jesse Davis moving forward. At least he has he's, ha- he's shown enough to earn an audition for the rest of the year, the last eight games of the season. So maybe this Anthony Steen injury opens the door for Jesse Davis. And if you can find him or find a player in Jesse Davis, it really helps the offseason needs and, and wants, if you will, it helps to diminish those that list of needs that you have if you can find a left guard this season on the team currently, and that could really help this team a long way this March and April when it comes to the draft and free agency. So he had a nice game. Next to him, his center, Mike Pouncey, that we've all grown to know and love, is a great guy that can get out in space and, and do some things in the screen game and get out on the outside zone. He had a really rough game. I think that this offensive change is really going to show his warts for what they are. Maybe the hip injury is, is continues to show up a little bit, but he's a limited player in terms of what he can do physically at the point of attack, and he got whipped a lot in this game. He was really tossed around a few times. He missed some blocks at the second level. The Dolphins like to do those combo blocks on in this game they did anyway, where they will combo the guard and center, and then the center or the guard will peel off to the next level. And Jesse Davis did this with Pouncey a few times, and he got to the second level and locked onto the linebacker. But Mike Pouncey missed it a few times, and it was kind of rough to see. And you go over one step further to the right, and Jermon Bushrod, the right guard, another really bad performance. He had a, he had a play where he oversets and then gets off balance. Looks like he's on ice skates and kind of just gets manhandled and tossed around. So the Dolphins' interior offensive line, I'm encouraged by the left guard. I'm completely done with the center and even more done with the right guard. Both the tackles played very well in this game. Juwan James' injury is going to be a big deal if he can't get back and healthy. It sounds like he will not be able to go because the Dolphins did sign a player off the Browns practice squad. The name escapes me. I'm not going to look it up for you guys. I don't think he'll be in the starting lineup or even activated on Sunday. So we'll get to that when we'll cross that bridge when it gets here. But the Dolphins could be in rough shape without his services because backup right tackle Sam Young had his first snap in the game. He gave up a sack to Khalil Mack, the Raiders' only sack of the game. So... The Dolphins could be in trouble on that from that front. And the tackles, Larry Tunzel, he played a much better game this one. I think he's kind of starting to get his feet a little bit left tackle. So the line play was pretty good. The tight ends, Julius Thomas had his best game of the year. Got some got open and got freed up in the passing game a little bit. Had made some nice catches. Did some work in the running game. Anthony Fasano had a couple of nice wham blocks. And what that means is where he kind of comes back across the formation and seals up the hole by hitting the 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 backside rusher and the backside collapser, if you will. And he had a couple of nice plays on that, but he also missed some blocks where he, he allowed penetration and got his running back hit in the backfield. So up and down game from Fasano. Tight ends were a mixed bag. Receivers, Devontae Parker had a nice little mix in the game. He worked some good jerk routes early in the game where he kind of went outside of the corner and cut back across his face, made some nice inside gains that way. Obviously, the fantastic one-handed catch was awesome. Kenny Stills continues to disappoint to disappoint for me this year. He's really having a hard time getting off press coverage. He's really not creating separation. He's not getting deep on defenses. Those little built-in shot plays that Gaze wants to call that worked last year with Ryan Tannehill just have not been there this year. So he needs to get better. Jarvis Landry's, you know, doing what he always does. And Jay Cutler, he he played a very good game in this game. I'm not gonna down, not gonna badmouth his game by any stretch of the imagination. He played with accuracy. He played really poised in the pocket for the most part. He had a couple of plays I didn't like where he kind of drifted back and made some bad throws. Like he, he kind of has all year, and that's kind of what he is at this point. We know that, and possibly protecting himself from this bad offensive line with the rib injury and all that good stuff. But he also had one play where it was a very nice play in a, in a big game for the Dolphins on a third down, and they converted a first down. But he misses on the on the top side of the play over the top of the route that he chose to throw to. He had a wide 
wide open running back in the end zone for a touchdown that he didn't see. It was Damian Williams coming uncovered, and he just didn't see it. <clears throat> if he would have seen it and set his feet and, and planted and thrown it, he could have had an easy touchdown. So Jay Cutler plays a good game, a couple of mistakes, but that's going to happen with any quarterback. So as a whole, the offense, I'm encouraged. I think they look a lot better in this game. I think there's a lot more to build off of. And like I said, we're going to talk about the change in philosophy in the running game and what the running backs and the new running backs on this team are the, are the new you know guys that are on the field more often, what their presence will mean to this offense moving forward. All right, guys, it's the time of the show. I got to tell you, this is a Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, at Wingfield NFL on Twitter. Like I mentioned, I had a big dump of GIFs on Twitter today with all the cups from the game. So please check that out on my timeline. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and check out LockedOnDolphins.com where you can basically get the same version of this in print on the website and some and some more images of that and to kind of go with kind of what I'm talking about. So between Twitter and LockedOnDolphins.com and the podcast, you guys can get plenty of Dolphins content from me and my crew at LockedOnDolphins. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the defensive scheme real quick or the defensive film from the game on Sunday against the Raiders. A 27-24 loss of the Miami Dolphins falling to 4-4 four and four on the season. And the first note that I wrote down was about Kiko Alonso, how often he was abused in man coverage as well as in zone coverage. Jared Cook really kind of had his way in this game. And it wasn't just Kiko that he had his way with. He kind of had a good game against most of the guys he went against. But Kiko was really out of position a lot of times. And I'm really curious to see what happens when TJ McDonald gets back this week because now all of a sudden the Dolphins have the personnel to possibly run a little bit of a dime package and what that is is it means that you're basically bringing out another defensive back in a substitution for a linebacker so I think that in my ideal world I would take Kiko Alonso off the field leave Lawrence Timmons and possibly bring Maurice Smith into some of those game packages where you can kind of move Rashad Jones or TJ McDonald down into the box and play more of a money linebacker role and then have Maurice Smith kind of patrolling the backside of the coverage because in this game he got attacked a couple of times down the field and it's hard to tell if it was a cover three cover four I, I put a gif of on Twitter of it I can't I, it's hard to tell based on the way the Dolphins defense rotates but he goes back into coverage and the Raiders run two vertical routes at him. And what you want to do on a cover three is you want to try to run verticals on the same side of the field to kind of make a player have to make a decision on which one he's going to cover. And he they do this and they kind of get him in a good spot, even though Xavier Howard's backpedaling, getting back there too. But Maurice Smith goes back there and breaks up a pass that otherwise would have been a big play. So very nicely done by him. Speaking of Xavier Howard and Cordray Tank through the two corners, Xavier Howard continues to have a really rough season this year. He's getting he's kind of regressing a little bit from what he did last year. I know a lot of people weren't a big fan of his performance last year with the knee injuries and all the stuff that he did going down the stretch. He's got the upside, got a you know big physical body, but he's just not really playing within his own means right now. He's having a rough year. Cordray Tankersley has another good game. I thought his Rashad Jones interception. There's perfect coverage by Tankersley. He is glued to I think it's Michael Crabtree on the side, outside there, and you know ball hits off of his helmet and goes for a pick. So another good game from Tankersley. Bobby McCain had another good game, I thought, in coverage. Rashad Jones continues to be a menace up around the box, but like I mentioned, that deep coverage against Johnny Holton's 48-yard touchdown pass, he was in such a good spot to make a play on that ball, he just didn't do it. And I, I don't know why he couldn't get his hands up or he couldn't get around, but he just looked like he kind of got lost out there, and then, you know, car drops in a pretty good pass to, for a touchdown. So Jones, up and down game, he does those certain things so well. A couple of things he doesn't do very well. That's why I'm really curious to see what happens with Maurice Smith getting back into the fold, into the fold or TJ McDonald, I should say, and getting Maurice Smith more time as well. So secondary had a, a not-so-good day. Up front, the pass rushers did not have a very great day either. It's kind of hard to get your footing in this game for the pass rushers and Cam Wake and Charles Harris and Andre Branch. Those guys didn't really do much in the game. Charles Harris had one rep where he... 
Basically, he pushes Donald Penn's hands out of the way and into his own face mask, gets him on ice skates, and then spins and then throws him aside. It was a very impressive look from Charles Harris. I think this guy, he's only got the one sack, but he's getting pressures every single week, and I think that he's really going to blossom into some heck of a pass rusher down the road. You look at some guys that have kind of done that in the past. You know, Demarcus Lawrence this year is potentially a defensive player of the year, and he's a guy that was almost invisible for a year or two down in Dallas with the Cowboys. So be patient with Charles Harris. He is getting good reps. He's looking good. He's going to be a good player for this team for a long time. So he looks pretty good. And inside on the defensive tackle rotation, I feel like I, this is kind of a broken record at this point. I continue to say this stuff about Ndamukong Sue, Jordan Phillips, and Devon Godshaw. Now, Ndamukong Sue was taking advantage of a little bit in this game with his aggressiveness. He had the amazing strip sack on Derek Carr where he came flying in and dove like Mike Trout, chasing down a line drive in the gap and trips the ball out of his hands and, and the Dolphins recover for a big-time takeaway in the fourth quarter of that game. But he had a couple of plays where he was trying to shoot upfield, and the Raiders basically just discarded him by throwing him back, and, and it really opened up some holes for the Raiders' running game. And that was the only kind of t- only times they really had success in the running game was when they did this with Sue. And Jordan Phillips had a couple of plays where he took on double teams, one that I tweeted a gif out of, where he takes on a double team and brings them both to the ground and gets his hand on the ankle of the running back and slows him up and just makes a fantastic play. Devon Godshaw just about every single week is getting a play where he's taking on a double team and, and anchoring and, and taking care of it very well. So Dolphins are very high on him. You heard Chris Collinsworth mention that in the show. On the, on the broadcast on Sunday, and you can see it on tape. It shows up every single game. So those three guys are, couldn't be more impressed with those guys this year. They've had a, they're having a really good year and helping the Dolphins' run defense get back to being a formidable bunch. So defensively as a whole, you know, tackling wasn't as good as it has been. The linebacker play wasn't as good as it has been. The secondary struggled in this game. I think they'll get back to being better, and, and we'll see what happens in the Carolina game. That's going to be a game they really need to win going forward. But in this game, you know, I think maybe some of the reps from previous weeks and, and just kind of the beating they took on Thursday and the Thursday game against the Ravens maybe kind of caught up to them a little bit. But the Raiders' passing offense is a, is a good one. So, you know, you kind of sometimes you got to tip your cap. And if it wasn't for the 48-yard touchdown pass that Rashad Jones easily could have broken up, could have been a different game. There's a ton of different things in this game that could have turned it differently. So Dolphins lose, but from, from a – a film standpoint, I think there's a lot of good things you see on tape that can really encourage you in this game. Again, I have to remind you guys to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Rise a nice little rating review. helps the podcast grow and continues to give us support so we can keep doing this podcast and get it out to more Dolphins fans. Real quick after this, we're going to talk about Adam Gaze and the change in the running scheme and what happened with JHI going out and Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams coming in here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. All right, so I glossed over a little bit in the open of the show talking about Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams and what changed with the running game and why they felt it was necessary to go ahead and move on from J.H.I. And I think this might be a little bit of a dead horse subject for you guys, but I'm going to go ahead and keep beating it anyways because I think it bears discussion at least for another week or so. And it's obvious in this game because... The Dolphins' running scheme was different in this game, and the reason it was is because from what I've heard is that J.H.I. is kind of a difficult guy to get along with in terms of when he doesn't get his way, and we heard that last year at the Seahawks game, the opener where he got left at home, and if he didn't, he, he kind of picked his running plays and told the team what he likes, and it was always outside zone, outside zone, outside zone, stretch zone, all that good stuff, going outside, cutting it back in, doing whatever, you know. On that outside zone, you have three options to either cut, bang, or bounce. What that means is cut it back against the grade, bang it in between the, the hole that you're heading for, or bounce it outside. And that really made the Dolphins predictable on offense. The, the, the defense could really shoot their certain gaps and just kind of sell out to that one mesh point where the handoff was always going to, and they could blow it up by pushing those guys back in there and not having to worry about kind of reversals or cutbacks or traps or whams or counters and all that good stuff the Dolphins did roll out on Sunday against the Raiders, and they did that with Kenyon Drake a lot of the time and with Anthony Fasano coming back against the formation. They had one nice play. It was actually the Kenyon Drake 42-yard run the big gainer where he had where they pulled Jermon Bushrod out of the play side and it takes the Raiders defensive tackle it, it, it makes them make a false step and that's what that what I mean by that 
that is taking a step in the wrong direction. It does not help your technique. It does not help you make a stop on the play. And by doing that, they fool the Raiders defense. They get a nice little trap block from Son on the backside. And it opens up a huge hole, and then Kenyon Drake finishes it. So making the running game less predictable. It works the same way just as in the passing game, guys. You can't run a slant and slant and slant and expect it to keep working over and over and over again. In the running game, it's the same thing. You have to change it up. You have to vary your looks. You have to vary your calls. So they were able to do that in the running game. And then also I talked about how these two running backs can put stress on linebackers because they have to cover them as well. And they have to be a little bit more weary of that. They can't blitz them as often. They can't eight gap blitz because you got to worry about the running back leaking out of the side of the formation and getting a big game that way. You can put them out there in those man beaters. And they've done it before with Jay where they'll put Danny Williams in the game and they'll run a man beater where they flood out the side of the field and put a linebacker that has to chase a running back to the sideline. They're going to work that linebacker on a good running back with good speed. And Kenyon Drake and Danny Williams both give them that option. So the versatility that opens up in the offense and the kind of the things that it does for the passing game to the running backs is just such a change from what it was. I love JJ. He's a player. I thought he's a good runner. Runs very hard. Very fun to watch, obviously. But his limitations in the passing game. I, I mentioned this in the podcast when he was on the team still, how that was something that he had to get better at. He kind of looked sloppy with his footwork and was kind of out of control. And I know he caught a lot of passes at Boise State. But it's different in the NFL where you have to kind of, you know, be in, in, in sync and in step and you can't make false steps in this league because you will get caught and chased down by the much faster players at the NFL level. So he never put it together in that sense. It kind of limited the Dolphins offense. And this change, I think, is going to pay dividends for the Dolphins in the long haul. And maybe they'll try to find another running back that can kind of fit that scheme and give you a nice three-headed monster back there to execute the short passing, short rhythm passing scheme that, you know, Adam Gaze and Ryan Tannehill love to do moving forward. And then obviously Jay Cutler this year as well. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL and the show at Locked On Fins. Also, check out LockedOnDolphins.com. I have two pieces up from this week right now talking about the film review as well as the game notepad. So kind of a similar skill set there. But there's a good bunch of good tweets on the, on the film review show or on the film review column, I should say, and then also on my Twitter timeline, at Winkfield NFL. So check back tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football.